This morning I was uh, I was giving a shear to a group of rabbanim about uh, the rabbi's charity account in shul. So I was thinking about tzedakah related in yanim. I was thinking uh, maybe we should have a shear about a tzedakah box, about a pushka. I thought I did. I gave one, but I couldn't find it online. So let's assume I never gave it before. So there's uh, a lot of times people are uh, you know are confused as to what the status of the money inside the pushka is. One thing we know for sure: you're not allowed to steal the money from inside there. But are you allowed to borrow money from inside there? Are you allowed to change money? I need a single. I need to pay a parking meter or whatever, I need a quarter, can I go in and put a dollar and take uh, four quarters out? Is, uh, is, that so, do I, is there an order that I have to do it? Uh, what exactly is the status of the money inside of the tzedakah box? And I don't know, if I do borrow money from the tzedakah box and I pay back more, did I violate ribbis if I, uh, if I added extra money into the uh, tzedakah box? So whenever it comes to money that you've set aside, that you've designated, that you intend to give to tzedakah, but you have not yet even put in the tzedakah box, you've just designated the money, you set it aside for tzedakah, so Shulchanar and Yardayah Simulation and Tess is clear that that is still considered to be your money and uh, even though you have an obligation once you've set it aside and designated to give it to Tzedakah you have an obligation to follow through on that and to actually give it to Tzedakah but still at that point it's still uh, your your money you don't need Rishos from the Tzedakah in order to be able to borrow that money and then uh, of course ultimately pay it back in order to give it to the Tzedakah however there is a Machlokas HaPoskim a significant Machlokas HaPoskim um, from from some of the major Gedolei Achronim, what is the status of money that is already in a pushka? Let's say you have in your house a, uh, you know, a tzedakah box that says high lifeline in, on it or something like that. They tend to be good with fundraising, so let's assume, right, something like that where it says, don't pay Shabbos on it. So, uh, so you have that tzedakah, and, and every once in a while you have extra change, and you keep throwing it in. And over time it builds up. So what is the status of the money in there? Does it already belong to high lifeline slash don't pay Shabbos or Whoever else, your local yeshiva, the chabad of whatever or whatever, you know, whatever it has on the uh, on the on the tzedakah box, or does it not yet belong to them? Is it still considered to be your money? Now, if it's a personally owned tzedakah box, it's yours, and it's not something that has the organization's name on it. They didn't provide it for you, like a lot of times uh, women will have uh, when they light uh, Nero Shabbos. They'll have a tzedakah box right next to the Nero Shabbos because Mishabura writes that it's a it's a good thing to do to give tzedakah right before you light Nero Shabbos. Because when you give tzedakah, right, before doing a mitzvah, it adds a little koach to that mitzvah. And the Gemara tells us, Hazar that if a person is careful about neiros, particularly neiros Shabbos, so it's a school to have children of Tamil Chavim, so you want to add a little extra oomph to that mitzvah. You want to make sure that you get that school in spades, so you, you give tzedakah right before you do that mitzvah to make it a stronger mitzvah. But, it, you know, it's a silver tzedakah box. No organization, no Mosad is giving that out, you know, to people to keep in their house. That's you. It's your own private property. So for sure, the money that's in there is in that first category that we spoke about. That's money that you designated to one day give to tzedakah, but it's still yours. You haven't yet given it to anybody. And if you need to borrow from there, you know, you need to tip the uh, pizza delivery guy or something, and uh, you can't find any cash, and, uh, you know, your kids are home to, the, you know, all your kids are home, so you can't steal money from their wallets or whatever. So, so you uh, so, so you could take money out of that uh, tzedakah box and borrow it, and uh, obviously you have to pay it back because you designated that money for tzedakah but it does not yet belong to any tzedakah but if it has an actual Mossad's name on it and that tzedakah box was provided by the Mossad so that is a major machlokas the Maimur Mordechai and the Chuvan Simon Yadalit on the 
one hand, and the Avni Nezer and Yeridea Simen Reit Sadi Gimel on the other hand. The Mordechai is of the opinion that uh, the money that's, uh, that, that's in there is, has already been given to that tzedakah, that it's uh, the Kalev uh, of, uh, of the Mosad, and you put it in there, Kalev, and it's already, uh, it already belongs to them, and uh, so anything you put in there belongs to them, and therefore you would not be allowed to borrow any money from there without getting their permission to borrow that money, because it belongs to them already. However, the Avni Nezer disagrees, and he says, no, it's private money that you have put aside to give to tzedakah, the most convenient place to put it aside was in that tzedakah box that they provided for you. But, so it's pledged to give to tzedakah, but it's not actually tzedakah, and therefore if you want to borrow for your own uh, personal use, so you're allowed to borrow from that money from, from your own personal use. Now, that R- Rabbi Reisman points out in his Sefer on Ribis that you could avoid the whole problem and avoid the whole machlokas. Uh, he actually just recently, the one made me think about it also, as I was just listening this morning, Rabbi Reisman uh, recently gave a shear about things that you can avoid problems you can avoid just by thinking in advance and making a commitment. He, he carries around a piece of paper of things that he said, my stam das for the following is, right? So he has stam das that, uh, that whenever he puts money in the tzedakah box, that stam das is that he's not giving it to that tzedakah. So you could avoid the whole problem by making an explicit condition that the funds uh, that you put in the tzedakah box are going to remain yours. So if you never had das makna to be makna to the tzedakah, so then it's fine. Then you'd be allowed to borrow that money. You know, that, that comes up a lot of times. It's important to have that das. Sometimes you know, there's a guy coming around the shul collecting tzedakah, right? So you put your hand in your pocket and you take out some money and then you look up and he's gone. Somehow he, he found someone who looked richer or whatever and he's not, he's, not, he's not available anymore. But here you already took the money aside and you, you planned on giving it to him. So so if you have stam das, that it's going to go to eight stucca, that you put in, you, you, you make it tonight, you have your piece of paper, that you write in advance, whatever, that my das is, that it's going to go to eight stucca, but not to whoever just happens to be in front of me at that moment, then you can be mishan and give it to a uh, to a different stucca, then you'd be allowed to do it. But Reisman said he once accidentally, he gave someone a $20 bill, and he asked him for whatever, for $15 change, and the guy accidentally gave him back $25 change. So, and he didn't realize until after the guy was gone. So he, said, he had to remember what the guy looked like. He didn't want to hold on to that money at Shiyavu Elio. He said he got lucky. He davened in the same shul as many times as he could where that, where that happened. And uh, someone said, oh, that's the guy. And he uh, trusted him. And he gave the guy an extra $10. The guy said, yeah, I'm that guy. So, uh, so he took it and that was, uh, that was no problem. But if a person uh, puts, makes such a tonight in advance, then you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have to express that tonight every time you make the donation. You just say, as long as you put that as the, as the expectation. Now, if you rely on the more makel shita, and that you assume it's still your money, so then uh, the, the, and, and you borrow money from the tzedakah box, then you, when you pay back, you can uh, you can pay back more, right? There's no issue of paying back. It wouldn't be a ribis issue if you borrowed twenty dollars and you paid back forty dollars. Why is that not a ribis issue? Because who did you borrow from? Yourself. If you're relying on the lenient opinion, you just borrow from yourself. You're allowed to borrow money from yourself. That's not a ribis problem. Now, even if you consider it like the more machmir shita, you consider it. To have been, to beat tzedakah already, um, since there was no uh, the the, the uh, since there was no uh, commitment in advance that you're going to pay back more. Uh, you never called up the tzedakah and said, "When I borrow twenty dollars, I'm pay back forty. You never made that commitment in advance. So at worst, that's going to be ribis rabbanan, and the tzedakah is allowed to collect ribis rabbanan. So you could probably give them the extra money uh, anyway. So that would not uh, violate this of ribis.
But if it's someone else other than the guy who put the money in that's borrowing, that could run into trouble. Meaning, let's say I put the money in the stock box. Someone else comes to my house and needs to take a, uh, I don't know, needs, needs a few dollars for, for his own personal use. So he, he borrows the money from the stock box. So if he borrows money from the stock box and he pays back extra, that could be a real ribbis problem. Why could that be a real ribbis problem? If you assume the money already belongs to the tzedakah, then it's the same as me. It wouldn't be a real ribbis problem because it was never tonight to begin with and it's only ribbis rabbanon. But if it's my money still, if it's the balabas's money and he's borrowing X and paying back X plus Y, that's a ribbis problem. That l'chara should, uh, should be a real problem if it's someone else other than the guy who put the money in that's borrowing money from the uh, tzedakah box. So probably better in that situation not to add an extra donation. Rabbi Reisman points out that, uh, that, that you could argue that even though the funds are still the property of the donor, but they're designated for tzedakah. So the added monies are automatically going to be going to that charitable organization, which would, would, would allow you to fall back on that heter, that, uh, that it's, uh, that Ribbis uh, Katsutsa that, that, uh, is not involved, so it's only Ribbis Rabbanon. Um, uh, but, but still, better to be machmir in such a case. Now, if you have a pushka in a shul, or, so then it's clear who it belongs to. Then it's, there's no machlokas. Then whatever you put in there already belongs to the shul. So then you would not be allowed to borrow from it without, uh, without, without uh, the permission of the shul. It depends. Sometimes shuls have multiple pushkas. Sometimes it will be lebedek uh, right? So that goes to the shul. And sometimes l'anim. So that, that's, uh, that's designated for anim. It's interesting to point out that the Mishnah tells us in Mesechus Peah that even when money is designated l'anim, sometimes you could be an ani even though you're not an ani, even though you're not poor. You could have millions of dollars in the bank, but where you are right now, you don't have your bank card and you don't have access to any of the money. And right now you're very poor. And if that's because right now you don't have your wallet on you. Last night I was very poor. Last night I was uh, driving to uh, to a wedding in the sands. And for those who live in uh, the area, know that there's a bridge. It's the only bridge on planet Earth that you can't give, you can't use Easy Pass or a credit card or anything. It's cash or you have the special card that only the Atlantic Beach Bridge gives. So uh, so I was very poor. I had no money on me. I had no cash on me because I never carry cash. And I, uh, in case any muggers are listening to this year, they should know I never carry cash. And I and, and, and I was driving by the bridge and I said to the guy, I don't have anything. I have a credit card. I have nothing. So at that point, like if I needed the money to, 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 to pay, I probably could have taken the tzedakah money at that point to, uh, to pay for the bridge. Rav Shachta told us that when he was younger, when he was learning in the yeshiva here, they used to, uh, he says they, I don't know how many guys it actually was, he said that he would go to, uh, to listen to Rav Gorelik's uh, Shabbos HaGadol and Shabbos Shuvah drushes in uh, the Bronx. Rav Gorelik had a shul in the Bronx, so they would walk on Shabbos to the Bronx to hear the drasha, and then they would be there until after Shabbos. So Rav Gorelik would go, as a colonel of Rachel, would go to the pushka in shul after Shabbos, would take out money and would give it to the bachrim and say, take a taxi back to YU, because right now you're poor. I but they're not poor, but right now they're poor, they don't have the money. So that's, uh, that, that, that's just uh, something to know about, uh, about a pushka in general. But um, if uh, also it's important that shuls probably should label their pushkas more more clearly, or probably even not even rely on the label. Sometimes, like uh, the, there will be a label, say, a rabbi's discretionary fund. Those words mean very different things to different people, right? Sometimes rabbi's discretionary fund means it's, it's a tzedakah fund, and sometimes rabbi's discretionary fund means. Uh, it's a program the rabbi would really like to do, and uh, yeah, so it's to his discretion that he's able to do. So when people are giving, if they're putting in the pushkin, they're thinking that it's going to tzedakah, and it's not. It's just going to whatever the rabbi uh, decides. And, you know, he's ordering, uh, uh, you know, the snacks for the halftime at the Super Bowl party. You know that the shul is having. So I don't know that uh, that that would necessarily qualify. So 
shul should be a little bit uh, careful about it. Now, as far as making change from a pushka, the chora, that's mut- I don't know. Where, I don't know where it comes from. Maybe someone could tell me that you have to add. I don't know if you. Have, I don't know why you would have to add to something. Uh, you, you assume that the tzedakah has no problem with it. Why do they care if they're getting four quarters and they're getting a dollar? I don't think uh, it all gets uh, gets. Uh, uh, put into a bank account anyway. So I don't know why you would have to. Rabbi Reisman said he doesn't see any reason that you would have to add anything to it. Look, if I saw my friend's wallet, I wouldn't be able to go and just make change without my friend's permission because I have an assumption that maybe he wants certain bills to be available to him. But the tzedakah, I think the yumta does that they don't care what the bills are that are available. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know that you have to do that. Yeah. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.